This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, I'm, uh, I have a lot of energy despite the fact that I haven't slept at all this week. That's uh, called being a new dad. Sure is. But yeah. like I'm feeling great. Or have, or have you been staying up all night just uh, uh, reading spooky stories or something? I scare myself with spooky stories and then I have to, you know, <laughs> then I can't sleep. So I have to play video games right. to... Uh, calm myself down. I know but then for a while it's like Resident Evil. Oh uh, boy, that's gets in the mix, the, and then I'm the scared scariest, all over again. Yeah, you gotta be careful before you put the CD and check the label. Yeah, uh, I know for a while you were trying to uh, make yourself fall asleep through getting so scared you would faint. <laughs> exactly, and that was pretty effective. <laughs> right. But the doctor said I had to stop. Yeah, I mean, so. and, and you know, that's not a restful sleep. That's a pretty, a pretty fitful sleep. Um, exactly. I wind up waking up my wife with my screaming. I've been. Oh, did I ever tell you that happened to me once? Uh, uh, somewhat recently, like I was asleep, but I I had uh, like sleep paralysis going on, and I mm. knew it was sleep paralysis. But at the same time, my eyes were closed, so it's like, well, I can't know for sure if this is sleep paralysis or if I'm in a UFO right now and they're about to, you know, start putting needles in my eyes or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, people people are always making jokes about like, oh, I want to go, uh, you know, get abducted by aliens and have them probe my ass. You'd be lucky if that's all all you can do. Watch a little movie called Fire in the Sky where they put a needle in the guy's eye after using one of those uh, clockwork orange things to keep it open. Yeah. How did we get to <laughs> aliens? Oh, but I... Record I, time. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't tell if I had sleep paralysis or I was being abducted by aliens, so I started screaming. <laughs> no, Tom. Uh-huh. That's... That's not a rational well, response I couldn't to move. anything. A, it worked. A, I wasn't really screaming, but it was enough. My girlfriend next to me just heard me going like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than screaming. <laughs> and she woke me up, and I was and I was grateful she woke me up. That was my. That was pretty much my plan. Like, if this is just sleep paralysis, maybe I can make enough noise to get my girlfriend to, uh, you know, uh, unparalyze me. You know what I do with sleep paralysis? How I deal with it? You just let it ride. Just know that, like, hey, (sighs) sleep paralysis. Guess what? You know what I'll do? I'll fall back asleep. 
extra sleep. No, uh, that, that's how they get you, Tim. That's how you're going to wind up with a needle in your eye. Well, it's funny you bring up sleeping because that was uh, uh, something I wanted to talk to you about today. Because this week, Tim, I had a dream where I accidentally killed you. Okay. And I'm listening. <laughs> you know, it's one of those dreams where, like, I can't, uh, like, I, I didn't know how I did it. Like, it, it didn't happen in the dream. It was like, you know, some of Were you the... disappointed that you didn't get to live it? <laughs> no, it's just some of the worst dreams are the ones where it feels like you were dropped in, like, halfway through the dream. Yeah. And, and you've all, you know, you've got to, like, catch up on, like, wait, what was going on? I... Yeah, it's like a David Lynch movie. It's like, that guy's <laughs> talking to me, and he's on the phone with me at the same time in yeah. another place. Yeah, I have yeah, done. I, this wasn't yeah, set up earlier. Yeah. Um, well, that's what happened in this dream. You had you had somehow been accidentally killed. I don't know how, and I actually I don't even know for sure if it was me. I think it might have just been that like, oh, people are gonna think it was me. And um, somehow I was like, this sucks. What am I going to do? That your good friend was dead. No, it was mostly just that I was afraid. Was about of, you? Yeah, yeah, it was all about me. And mm. uh, I somehow had an idea that was like per- a perfect way to get rid of your body. And then I thought like, oh, his family's probably going to ask about him. <laughs> and then I was trying to think like, maybe they won't ask me. <laughs> and then I thought it'd be very funny if you just disappeared and nobody ever asked me about it. <laughs> nobody ever I mean, I don't know. I don't know if my family knows how to get in contact with you. I think they'd figure it out. <laughs> they'd go to my mom's house probably if push came to shove. She lives in the same house. And we'd be like, hi, can we talk to your son? Our son's been missing for three months. (laughs) And and he's refusing to speak with us. Um, What would you do, Tom, if if you had been involved in my murder? mm Mm-hmm. And then you had to do this show every week. Would you get Christine back in here and you'd uh, be like, "Uh, the search for Tim continues? (laughs) Or... Like, cause you can't, you can't let the streak end, right? We've been doing this for too long. Yeah, I, I think the bigger question is: Would I let uh, Christine in on, like, you know, uh, yeah, look, Tim's not coming back, if you know what I mean. If you read between um, the lines, I know we're talking about my murder <laughs> as, at your hands. As, as she sits in my apartment, that smells awful. <laughs> it smells so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't I, know what happened to Tim. I don't want to give you advice for this type of situation, but I wouldn't trust Christine with a secret like that. No, I don't think I would either. I, I'd probably get, uh, yeah, I. you know what? I would have to go for maybe somebody that wasn't as good of a fit, but was very good at keeping right. a secret. Yeah. Unfortunately, the jinx is dead. <laughs> <laughs> the jinx can't keep a secret. <laughs> That's true. He'll burp and, and, and reveal to everybody. Yeah, but then uh, he'll like, he'll then he'll be involved, so he'll have to get his lawyers to, to help me out too. Yeah, and also like he'd tell you like, oh, here's what you should do with the head. And if they never right. find the head, if they, they don't can't find touch the head it. and hands. They can't prove anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I was like, ah, and this this uh part makes me seem like a really good person. 
Uh, I was like, I can't. I mean, already to seem like a real stand-up guy. I was like, I can't hide his body and just pretend like I didn't know what it would, what happened to it. Like, eventually, his wife will probably confront me about it, and then I'll I'll have to lie to her. And, and yeah, I don't it does think, make you seem like a real good guy. And I don't think You're I could right. lie. I don't think I could lie to her face. But then, at, you know, dream logic. As I'm thinking this, I'm like. Wait a minute. Tim's been dead for three days and nobody's even asked about him. Maybe I will just get away with this. Maybe he was, you know, in everybody's way and everybody, everybody's not going to ask too many questions about old Tim. This is a, why would you tell me about this (laughs) dream, Tom? Well, I'm just letting you. All right. Who else do we know that you think would want to murder me? No, it wasn't a murder. It was an accidental killing. Okay, and just nobody cared that I was dead? Um, I don't know if nobody cared. I think everybody thought maybe you just ran away. Like, that mm. was just kind of assumed that it was like, well, we all knew sooner or later Tim was going to ditch everybody and just go start a new life. I guess that's what he's done. If I didn't start a fan, if I, if I wasn't, like, married with a child, Tom, yeah. I think at some point I probably would have, like, if if, like... 26 year old Tim just continued like uh, down the path a he was path. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be like, yeah, one day you just wouldn't see me again. Yeah, I mean, in, in the dream, I don't think you had a kid. And I don't know if you were even married. Like, I, it was, it, I mean, I knew I would have to speak and with you. You were married to my wife. Yeah, <laughs> you've told me about this, this dream many times before, Tom. <laughs> and she was telling me, like, how much happier she was. Um, no, I think because she existed in in the dream, but I think you were, uh, she was still just your girlfriend in the dream. Because okay. I think that weighed in where I was like, <gasps> Like, ah, she's just his girlfriend. Like, she can get a new boyfriend. She's not going to raise too much she of a She could get stick. a new husband, too, yeah. <laughs> but, if like, a husband's going to require paperwork and stuff. Getting a new boyfriend, you know, yeah, it's easy. You just download an app. Bingo, bango, new boyfriend. Yeah, that's how it works these days, Tom. Yeah. I don't um, know. I've never... I've never used an app to meet people. <laughs> I've never... Not even a Lyft driver, Tim? You know, um, it's it's that kind of lying. Touché. <laughs> it's that kind of lying, Tim. Is why uh, people people don't even look for you when you're missing because they just assume, yeah, exactly. oh, he's lying. They're glad that I'm dead. Yeah. He ran. A, nobody knew you were dead. That was the whole thing. And then in it, at some point in my head, it was like maybe nobody will ever think he's dead, and maybe I right. won't have to. But guess what? At the end of the dream, Tim, I decided I had to. Uh, I, I was like, I gotta go tell the police that I accidentally killed him. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to deal with this guilt. And then I realized, it, I was like, wait a minute, I'm in a dream. All I have to do is scream real loud. <laughs> My girlfriend will wake me up. I can get out of here. No, but you know how, like, you have those dreams that are just like, you're just thrown into like a really awful situation. And you're like, yeah. man, I would do anything for this not to be my reality. Right, because you were afraid you were going to get in trouble. Um, yeah. 
It was also dream. Or you just didn't want to deal. You didn't want to talk to the authorities. <laughs> no, it so was, it was like, an accident. It was like dream logic where you weren't like really dead. I think. Okay. Well, Tom, <laughs> this doesn't make you look like a good person. Uh, the fact that you had this dream and the fact that you're gleefully recounting it to me. <laughs> gleefully, it was very uh, upsetting. Uh, you know what I was gonna do about it. If I if I was gonna lie or not, right? And ultimately, I I decided I don't think I was I could have been a good enough liar, and I was gonna tell everybody what happened. Well, I was gonna it's give a brave like a, stance you took at the end. I was I was gonna give them a version of what happened. <laughs> I mean, how do you think? So like like so you watched me fall into like the gears of a of no a no that was the thing it was again it was I I I jumped into the mid, the dream midstream and like I didn't know how you died I didn't see it I didn't see your body or anything it was like I was just hanging out in my apartment and then at some point it popped into my head like you know you're gonna have to figure out what what you're going to do about the fact that you accidentally killed Tim. And I was like, Oh no, you're right. Brain dream brain. I'm going to have to figure that out. And then, you know, very quickly realized like, "Eh, I'm not going to be able to lie. I would be offended by this Tom, but in my dreams, Mm -hmm. you don't even exist. You've never existed. Wow. Yeah. I don't even think about you, Tom. You don't even dream about me like I do. I don't you. dream. Uh, most nights I don't dream about you. <laughs> I don't even, and I haven't been having a lot of dreams lately, Tim. Either, so I think I if anything, a... you should be uh, thankful. Maybe I'm worried. If you're not having a lot of dreams, maybe this was a premonition. Oh, or maybe I'm uh, one of those like when I go to sleep, I'm in a different reality. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, it could be one of those situations. You never yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm hazy on how those situations work, just like I'm hazy on how you died. Maybe it was the aliens who implanted the idea in your head to see how you'd react. <sighs> yeah. When you slept. Maybe. Maybe they maybe they want me to do it. I don't like this look in your eye, Tom. <laughs> maybe they're like you know what humanity's problem is? It's Tim. <laughs> that's Someone's got to step up. That's what's holding humanity back. It's not the the constant be a bummer. wars if, like, and an, poverty and if an ultra advanced yeah. alien species came and was just like, Tim, you're the problem. You're holding humanity back. Your death would <laughs> cause humanity to thrive. <laughs> yeah, there's. I'd there, be bummed. I'd be to, be to to put it lightly. I'd be pretty bummed. Yeah, there's really only one way to take that, and that's negatively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, let's hope. Hey, let's hope. Uh, let's hope you you're able to keep falling. What if, What if they keep abducting you to try and tell you that? And every time you're like, oh, this fucking guy just keeps going back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to tell him. <laughs> We're trying to tell him he's holding everybody back. And, you know, he, he wakes up, he blinks, he looks around the spaceship, and then he just goes back to sleep. It's a good strategy. Tom, it's saved my life numerous times. That's true. It's gotten you this far. And that, and that explains the mess we're all still in. Tom, this week we're uh, tackling a subject 
near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. It's Neil Young week here on, on on the complete guide to everything. Yes, old old Uncle Neil, as uh, Pearl Jam called him. Yeah, Tom. Mm-hmm. Quick disclaimer: uh, Neil Young is like my guy, my dude. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, so if you say anything insulting <laughs> about him, the next time I see you, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. To uh, watch what you say. No jokes. No jokes. No jokes. Yeah. Uh, why? Serious. Just because he's well, an no old curmudgeon jokes. that I can't make any jokes? He's an old curmudgeon, but like in the best way. Yeah. I, no, I 100% agree. Like, uh, I'm also, I'm not as big of a Neil Young fan as you, but I am a Neil Young fan. And um, yeah, I do like the way he's he's curmudgeonly. It's, <coughs> it's a, uh, yeah, he's curmudgeonly about the right things. Yeah, exactly. Like he's seventy six years old and he's mm-hmm. cranky, and like <laughs> it could been, be a lot worse. But he's been cranky for fifty something years. <laughs> yeah, like when he when did he and Pearl Jam? Uh, when was Mirrorball? Like uh, nineteen ninety two or whatever. I was gonna say ninety two. That's that's my guess. Uh, um, let me see. So he. Nine, oh, 95 was uh, 95. Ball, yeah. So he was 50 years old, but he seemed like he was 150 years old <laughs> at the time. To I, me, a Pearl Jam fan kid, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, this old man playing, what is this song that he's playing at the VMAs with uh, Pearl Jam? Well, but that's, everybody used to be a lot older than they are now, I, I want to say. Yeah. I, I feel like... Uh, I mean, I guess like, I guess you could argue that it's relative that, right. uh, you know, we were young, but yeah, I mean, he was, he was about the age that like, uh, Dave Grohl is now. Oh yeah. But again, you ask a 14 year old, Hey, Dave Grohl, he's like a cool young guy, right? And they'd be like, no, he's, he's, his kids are older than me. Like, no, of course not. Exactly. But but Neil Young, I think because he was cranky, just always yeah. seemed older than he but actually is. What I'm is. saying is a cranky 76-year-old in 2022 mm. could oh, be cranky yeah. about like way worse <laughs> things than Neil Young is yeah. being cranky about. Yeah. So, I mean, we won't talk too much about it, but, but he, he's cranky right now about Spotify and, and yeah, Joe Rogan. Yeah, but he's Rogan. also cranky about like... Climate change and like Monsanto and like uh, the oil companies and like. Well, Tim, you're not even bringing up low bitrate audio streams. <laughs> Which, Tom, I side with Neil on this one. I think it's messing up our brains. Yeah, you think, think that's what did it out of everything? I mean, I think it's part of it. Now, you don't think that uh, Neil Young leaving Spotify over Joe Rogan, uh, uh, Joe Rogan spreading COVID misinformation, isn't just a cynical ploy to sell more Pono players? <laughs> Tom, you're gonna you need to you're gonna need to give the audience a little bit more context. There. Pono is these uh, uh, and uh, oh god, I almost said MP3 player. He would have. In my face if I said that. <laughs> Remember when Richard Marks listened to our Richard Marks episode and I said a bunch of mean <laughs> things about Richard Marks and then he uh, yeah, you know, came there. at me on Twitter? <laughs> Six hours later. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I hope Neil Young listens to this and realizes what a cool guy I am. <laughs> I doubt it. But the best somebody like you could hope for is Neil Young being like, eh, to you. Yeah. Uh, but the Pono player, Neil Young, uh, years ago when like the iPod was was at its peak, was real mad about the fact that uh, MP3s are compressed. And like the compre- MP3 compression was a really big deal at the time. Because basically it was, uh, you know, somebody figured out, hey, if we can throw out like 90% of the data on an audio CD because it's happening at frequencies that the human ear uh, isn't particularly sensitive to. Uh, Right. And guess what? The Internet's slow as hell. So if we can make a song uh, three megabytes instead of like 50 megabytes... Uh, people actually be able to download it. But again, it was compressed and Neil did like that. So he came up with his own player called a Pono player. It was shaped like a Toblerone and you, uh, you could buy high, high quality, high bit rate audio from the Pono store that would then play losslessly on the Pono player. Right. Now, do you think part of the problem was that, like, FLAC already existed as an audio codec? Um, and people were like, probably. just use FLAC. Because, like, there yeah, were... Ar- but FLAC, it's, it's, FLAC also, it's also the, the same way... Okay, okay. So Let me explain, explain what FLAC. FLAC is. FLAC is a lossless audio codec, so it's still compressed, but it is lossless, not lossy. So it's not throwing anything out. So right. everything from the CD, every single bit, it's still digital, but every bit is still there. It's just compressed like a zip file. Uh, right. So, Tom, mm-hmm. the way that um, there were MP3 players before the, the iPod, iPod, yeah, like I think what he was trying to do was, was popularize it. Yeah, make it make it uh, a little bit more fashionable. Because and the- who. Who would make it more fashionable than 70-year-old? This was 2015 that it was released. Oh, really? 70-year-old men. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, it's not. I thought it was like 2005. No, no. And he had been talking about it for years. You're right. And maybe Um, that's why. But like, look, Mm -hmm. I, I know you, like you listen to music on like a MacBook speakers like you don't you you don't care what music no, sounds like when I've you got listen to a it. nice pair of sony headphones right but I mean, but it's still bluetooth yeah but like i i think he's on to something i think music uh-huh. does sound better when it's not horribly compressed or right like, yeah you know streamed at, at low resolution low bit rate it's fine mm. like uh he, he's right um he made a th- portable music player that looked like a Toblerone and uh, people dragged them um, and people didn't want that. And that's fine. In uh, to, to honor him. Should we put this episode out in Pono format only? Uh, oh, only? <laughs> only? Cause I've been, I've been mastering them for po- Pono. Uh, I was called oh, Pono okay. um, every week. <laughs> uh, well, great. Because once that Pono store comes back, we'll be all set. He did like, like a crowdfunding thing or something mm-hmm. for it, which like 
when some like this is the one thing mm. like oh yeah he did kickstarter for it okay um it's like when neil young a hippie who's worth 600 billion dollars mm-hmm. is like fund my weird music player <laughs> on <laughs> kickstarter it's like a, but like i almost went in at the like get an autographed Pono player, uh, oh, wow. one of the first 100 for like $6,000. I was like, <laughs> life savings, scrape together, I'm, I'm getting this thing. Yeah, but one um, day you could retire on that uh, Neil Young signed Pono player. Yeah. Part of, me, bet, like, part of me worries if, if, about like uh, things like that, that uh, people like me and you are going to buy things like that. Like, ah, this is a great investment. And then all the boomers are going to be dead, and everybody's going to be like, "Who the fuck's Neil Young? I'm not paying anything for that autographed Pono player." That's why I don't this buy Pono things. player's got writing all over it. It's worthless. <laughs> yeah, I like my Pono players pristine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that that's Neil Young's. Uh, Neil Young wasn't happy with Spotify to begin with. Right. Of course. I mean, he would somebody like him wouldn't be happy with like the the way Spotify royalties work to begin with, let alone right. the compression stuff. And then let alone the fact that like all that money is just going to fund uh uh shitty content. Yeah. And then apparently what we've learned from this whole thing is that nobody under 30 understands what it means to take a principled stance uh, <laughs> on anything. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of a lot of people thought like, oh man, like Neil Young got owned because he said Neil Young or Joe Rogan and they said Joe Rogan. And it's like of course they said Joe Rogan. They spent a hundred million dollars on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Either way they had to pay Joe Rogan over a hundred million dollars, yeah. whether or not they have his podcast. Yeah. And like I I I imagine Spotify does not make all that much Spotify doesn't make that much money off of like a new Taylor Swift album when it comes out, let alone how much they make off of like back, uh, right. backlist stuff. Tom, and like um, most of Neil Young's audience doesn't know how to use a computer or phones or anything anyway. Th- that's not true, Tom. They, uh, they like, uh, Neil Young's audience were guys were, who were like computer guys in the 90s. I was so going like, to say, there are a they, lot of, like, he had, like, a big Gen Usenet X following, about, think, because yeah, exactly. of, uh, like, Pearl Jam and whatnot. There are a lot of websites that cover, like, Neil Young news that look like they were, <laughs> they've like, the news is new, but, like, the the design hasn't been updated <laughs> since still, 2003. Still running yeah. on a GeoCity site. <laughs> yeah. It's the number one Neil Young news site. Um what do you think about the idea that Neil Young is the like godfather of grunge? I think that's true. Yeah. Because he wore flannels all the time. Eh, it was it was more it, like grunge was like the Gen X attitude. Well, no, I guess he didn't have that attitude. He cared about stuff and he cares about this stuff. Right. I guess he just uh you know, he famously just like writes simple songs and it's more about feeling than it is yes. about anything else. And Tom, I will say mm-hmm. for this episode, I could have like done research and like shored <laughs> up like all the facts about him and stuff. 
That I I thought like what would Neil Young do? And it'd be like he'd just go through it and he'd feel it. And like even if the facts aren't a hundred percent right, even if the chords aren't a hundred percent right. What do you mean if the facts that's what he's so mad about? <laughs> somebody's doing a somebody's doing a podcast where all the facts are wrong. Yeah, yeah the, he'd like this one. He'd like this one. <laughs> he'd like this one. It's wrong about him. <laughs> I'm getting the feeling right. <laughs> um Tim, me and you saw Neil Young live together once. Yeah. What I year was that? Neil... That was the Greendale tour, I think, 2003? 2003, yeah. Okay, yeah. I saw Neil Young three times on the Greendale tour. Um, wow. You brought a bunch of uh, actors there. They did a bunch of, <laughs> they did like a little play. as Yeah, they, they it was playing. a very, yeah, but he was singing all the words and they were mouthing them. Yeah. Tom, I got to tell you this thing about Neil Young. I thought Greendale was an okay album. Mm -hmm. I think it's an underrated album. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of recent or 21st century Neil Young isn't so great, but like Mm. he's going for it, so who cares? Right, yeah. Um, But nothing brought me more joy than like (laughs) casual fans thinking they were going to hear Rocket in the Free World, and it was like a two-hour, like, (laughs) sprawling like all these like songs were just yeah with with him singing all the parts <laughs> but still um, but still actors moving around and like sets and everything yeah and it had like a, a very uh, simple environmental message and, yeah um seeing these audience members like boomers at uh at jones beach amphitheater on yeah, long island who, who are already tanked before they got in there just wanted to hear some songs off Harvest. Yeah. Just wanted to hear some Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Mm-hmm. And they were furious that they had to sit through that thing. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Well, and it was great because then, like, uh, when he came out, I think uh, I think it was when he came out for the encore or, like, at the very end. Uh, and it was, like, very obvious. Like, people were, like, booing him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, happens every show. Happens every show, though. Uh, and he, like, very sarcastically, I mean, like, ha- sarcastically to those people, but uh, honestly to everybody else, was like, thank you so much for, like, supporting the new stuff. He's like, you know, I like the old stuff, too, but, you know, said something like, I'd shoot myself in the head if I just had to play <laughs> that all the time. Uh, and then he did play, you know, he brought out Crazy Horse. Uh, yeah. I mean, Crazy Horse played on on Greendale. Yeah, but they were like hidden, but like they were they were off stage. I think during mm-hmm. all the other mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, well, he the... got rid of the actors, <laughs> and, right. and Crazy Horse came forward more. Yeah, uh, and uh, and then he just like ripped through the hits. Yeah, it's a great show. And to me, it was a great show. Saw it again at Radio City Music Hall, Tom, and I forget mm. the third place where I saw and it. And then they have the Rockettes there. Did the Rockettes? They had come the out? world famous Rockettes. Oh man! Um, well, that's a once in a lifetime experience, and to see the Rockettes performing to Neil Young's Greendale, <laughs> <laughs> mouthing all the words to along with the actors. Um, all right. So what? Tell me what. Uh, what is it about Neil Young that that is so unique, that is so special, Tim, in your Tommy's, eyes? 
He's a good songwriter. I, I want to hear that feeling that, that Neil Young's supposed to be hearing He's right now. He's a good now. songwriter and a great <laughs> man. Uh-huh. And uh, he takes principle. He's, he's you know what? He's uh, the hippie that hippies were supposed to be. You know how all the hippies that, yeah, like, that turned out true. to just be like garbage people and then right. made like, you know, turned out they were all like racists and misogynists and then in <laughs> right. the 80s they all became like uh gordon gecko type guys and now right. they're all like and uh, now they're all storming hawking, the capital and nfts <laughs> yeah um neil young was just like oh wait like he didn't get the memo that hippies were supposed to suck <laughs> and he was just like oh no i think like we should just like uh do cool stuff and like yeah uh, he, make good music he always uh he refused to sell his songs for commercials, mm-hmm. which I believe he still uh, still has done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he might have like licensed some of it to like progressive candidates, or, or right, right, but not for like you know the new Roomba or whatever. No, just listen to this notes for you, Tom, from uh, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, it's all about how he would never do that. Yeah. Not even for the Pono player. Not the even po- for the Pono player. <laughs> the Pono player commercials famously just had uh, uh, public domain music. And, uh, <laughs> <they> were, <laughs> it's like, listen to Happy Birthday when the Saints go marching in. Hot cross buns. <laughs> um, I didn't realize. I, I knew this, but I forgot about this. And I'm surprised I haven't seen more people bringing it up with all with all uh, the stuff going on with him right now. Is that uh, he got polio during the last major outbreak in Ontario mm-hmm. when he was seven years old and almost died. Yeah, that's why he's. Uh, th- that's why he like uh, doesn't walk. Uh, oh, well. is that true? Okay. Yeah. And is that part of why everybody's assumed he's been an old man for a lot longer than he's I been an old man? I think so because he's always like he's always know, like kind of hunched, hunched over around and, like yeah. a, like an octogenarian since he was like <laughs> twenty five. Yeah. Uh, during that same uh, polio outbreak, Joni Mitchell also uh, caught it. Mm. So uh, yeah, I mean that uh, that makes a lot of sense. That uh, that yeah, nowadays he's like. Look, I almost got killed because people weren't taking a vaccine, right? I assume by then the vaccine was out. Um, it was making its way out. If this was the last major outbreak. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows about science and history? Um, his fam- Nobody can know, Tom. <laughs> his family brought him to uh, Florida in December 1951. They stayed there for six months to help him regain his strength. Uh, and he said his strongest memory from the trip was watching all the brand new American cars along the way, which he attributes to triggering his lifelong interest in cars. He loves car culture. Yeah, he does. And, and he, he tried to start like an electric car company kind of. Yeah. He, he, Tom in, uh, the, uh, two thousands, he became uh, obsessed with creating the electric car. Yeah. Um, and he released an album about it called Fork in the Road in 2009. Uh-huh. And it was all songs about <laughs> oil companies being bad and his new electric car that was coming out. I saw him at Madison Square Garden at the time. Uh-huh. And he started playing all his hits, and it was a great show. Mm-hmm. And he played, like, thing with Neil Young, he's got, like, uh, like 
over 50 albums, 50 solo albums. Yeah, he's a very prolific and, like, guy. Got a whole bunch of songs to like, and he, and when you see him, like you never know what he's gonna play, right? right. So like, yeah, he, you know, he like, plays so he was he playing. Play. He was playing some weird like deep cuts from like the Zuma era, like the mm. Zuma sessions, um, and then like, uh, then he was like, and now songs from my new album Fork in the Road, and they had people bring out cue cards because I think like he just like they hadn't really rehearsed the songs much, uh-huh. and every song sounded the same, and every song was just like. We gotta ride an electric car because <laughs> the oil companies are bad, and it was just like I understand the sentiment here and right. I appreciate it, but uh, but I don't want to listen to songs about it. <laughs> I don't want to listen to an hour and fifteen, seventy five minutes of it. it was it was a lot, man. Um, well, but yeah, he the dude, he, and then it wound up causing a big fire um, at his ranch, and it burned up a bunch of his like old master tapes and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you gotta be careful with that. Well, well, how so, is he? He doesn't know how to build. Like, he's trying his best. He's an old, he's a cranky old man trying his best, trying to invent to build things. an electric car. In his he's garage. the closest thing we have to Doc Brown. I was gonna say that that was like a very Doc Brown. Uh, period in his life i feel like yeah because because it i don't know if it was the truth you know how much of it was true but it really seemed like nobody was helping him in his quest to build an electric car <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't trying to build it from scratch he was trying to convert like an old cadillac or something right yeah mm-hmm. uh, now tim if if uh a guy who's so bad at building electric cars can write such a, a mediocre album. Can you imagine how good Elon Musk's album about electric cars would be? This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. 
I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tom, we didn't properly introduce it. Neil Young is a Canadian uh, singer-songwriter. Yeah, well, I was going to say, we haven't even uh, really talked about his music. We've been talking about his cars and his uh, lossless music players and his uh, politics, but but not his actual songs. Yeah. And, Tim, I've got a, a special treat. Uh, because I, Are you going to sing the hits of Neil Young? I might sing a few songs, uh, but they might not be the versions you know, Tim. Because I found a, a a veritable treasure trove, actually, of uh, of Neil Young uh, uh, early early song ideas. What? Yeah, I bought a Pono player off of eBay. Okay. And, and I plugged it into my computer, and it had a text file. And I looked at the text file, and it said it it, the, it had originally been created in the 1960s. This text the file. Pono? No, not the oh. Pono, just a text file. And it was just okay. a big Which long is weird. A big it is weird. And I realized, holy hell, that and then I looked at it and I was like, that's why it, it has this signature on it. The Pono. The Pono player. had the signature? Tim, I think this Pono player belonged to Neil Young himself. Oh, Tom. And yeah, I always I always sign everything that I owed myself. So Especially before you put it on the Story checks out. Yeah, it's true. Uh but Tim how, how much did it cost you? Oh you don't wanna know. Six thousand dollars like I was it, gonna pay on Kickstarter. Yeah, it cost me six thousand dollars like uh like you were gonna pay on Kickstarter. But it had a lot Tim, these aren't the versions of the songs that you that you know. These these ones are very different. And he also put some notes about what the songs what his ideas were, what the songs should be about once he got around to writing them. This is a long preamble. I want to see uh how Well this Tim, turns it's out. a historic thing. And I you know, the historians, the music historians listening to this with a pad and paper in hand, I I just want to make sure they have the story straight straight. So they, uh, the first song, Tim, we all know the song, Old Man, Take a Look at My Life. Yeah, I did. Well, th- did you know it was originally, Old Man, Take a Look at My Wife. She's a lot like you. And then he wrote, this was about the time he, Neil Young saw a guy that looked a lot like his wife. Wow. And then he he, had, he put he put like liner notes about the he put liner notes he didn't have the all the lyrics yet. Oh. Uh did he have other lyrics to it? Could you? <laughs> no, it just says, "Old man, take a look at my wife. She's a lot like you." Okay. <laughs> um, uh, fell in love with a cinnamon swirl, and uh, in mm, this, he, yeah. He, he has a location note that he was sitting in a Starbucks when he wrote that. <laughs> in 1968? Yeah, I think it was probably the first Starbucks. Wow. Um, um, yeah, I mean, didn't know that he was hanging out in, in Chicago at the time, but... I mean, S- Seattle. Seattle, yeah. Well, Timmy Jeez. toured all over the place. Of course he... You know, he might have only been there for That's an true. afternoon, but he liked this coffee so much. He, he started writing a song about it, and then he's like, ah, it should be about a girl. People like songs about girls, not, you know, the foam and a latte. 
Right. Um, uh, keep on searching for a fart I stole. That was a heart of gold. Yeah, that was the original version of Heart of Gold. You know, he stole a fart. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. Was was there any explanatory? (laughs) That one, that one, honestly, there isn't a a follow up note about what that one was about. I think that (laughs) that one's confounding, if we're being honest. Um, I think that one, it was supposed to be up to the listener to interpret. Yeah, he can he could often get like a little esoteric. Yeah. A little uh well, poetic. This, this next one though, it, it's a little more obvious about uh, about what it what it was uh about. And it was I see the Beatles and the damage done. And this is about the time <laughs> This is about the no. time he this is about the time he saw the Beatles break a microwave in a green room. Oh man! Yeah, fucking Ringo put aluminum foil in there. I mean, that seems plausible. I mean, I don't know. I don't think the microwaves were really all that. Um, no, well, they had them. They had them at the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's interesting. Todd, that one. That one. It. It makes that, sense that uh, Ringo would have an uh, innocent mistake. Yeah, they were young boys. They don't know. Also, they came. They you know they they weren't used to the high life, well, microwaves and whatnot. Yeah. They were and poor Neil Young boys tried from... to stop him. He tried to tell him what they were doing, and John Lennon said, "Leave him alone." <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, well, and I guess to keep on the food related uh, ones. Uh, did you know the original version of Like a Hurricane? I mean, you know that song. You I, are, you are like, like a hurricane. Tom, this sounds like you're making fun of him, and I don't want to have to kick your ass. <laughs> no, I'm trying to sing as accurately as possible. Hmm. Well, did you know, Tim, that originally that song was Like a Curry Stain? Like a curry stain? Like a curry stain. He had uh, dropped some curry onto his trousers. Hmm. And it, and you know, stained his trousers with, with yeah, and origin, and he was, and he was still about like a a woman he had a relationship with, but then he was like, well, you know, describing somebody to be like a hurricane is probably like a little more, uh, poetic than than saying they were like a curry stain. Oh, it depends and, on, you know, what the, Tim, how you carry the metaphor forward. I thought we were done with the food-related ones, but no, there's a few more. A few more. <laughs> you know, you know the song uh, "Hey Hey My My." Yeah, into the black. Uh, well, no, Tim, you know the wrong version because uh, the original version was "Into the Snacks and Out of the Chews." It was about when right. he was he was out of Charleston shoes on the tour yeah. bus, mm-hmm. and he had to go into the snacks, into the other snacks, because they're out of the yeah. Charleston shoes. And he was mad because he had asked for that at the store, and that's uh, you paid for this, but they give you that. It was about them right. not giving him Charleston shoes. They just, gave him other just candy being instead. like, here's a yeah. bunch of other snacks. And then, of course, the song Into the Snacks and Out of the Juice. 
into the shoes and have the sex. Both of them are up there. Uh, There's a a more modern one. Keep on knocking up a ski girl. This is about uh, when he was uh, a ski instructor in the in the late (laughs) eighties. He was was a ski instructor. Tammy did a lot of things. He made that Pono player. He made an electric car. He was a ski instructor, and he kept knocking up a ski girl. Wow. Yeah. So, like, with a like impregnating her, you mean? Yeah, yeah, knocking her up properly. Wow. Um, another. (laughs) I think there's just one. This is a weird text file that you found. It is a weird. uh, That's why it has to be seen to be believed, Tim. Um, he had one more song about food. You know. He didn't make. He didn't write a lot of songs about food, which is so interesting. Because I so can't. Ma- I can't think of one song where the right. final version. But was about so food. many of the early versions were about food. That's fascinating. So of course you know you know about after the gold rush. Yeah, my maybe my favorite album of his. Are you talking about the song? Yeah. Well, maybe it will surprise you to know that it was originally called After the Old Mush. And it was about him looking forward to dessert after an old after a bad meal. Of mush. Yeah, of old mush. Of old mush. Yeah. He got slapped by a lunch lady for for <laughs> for singing this song. Uh, I mean you call your meal old mush. Yeah. Um uh, you know the song Ohio, of course. <laughs> I, I do. And you know what that song's about, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Well, it used to be about something very different, Tim. The original version was, oh, hi-o, and it was about Ed McMahon. <laughs> it was about the time he ran into Ed McMahon at a party. At Kent State. No, Kent State had nothing to do with it at this point. Oh, this was, okay. It, this happened in Los Angeles. He just ran into him at a party. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed McMahon greeted him with a "Oh, hi Um <laughs> <laughs> That that one adds up. That one that one makes the most sense to me. I think. I mean, a lot of these other ones will probably make sense to you. Brown by the liver. <laughs> Brown by the liver. Brown by the liver. It's about a uh, psoriasis of the liver. Uh, uh, what is this one? Uh, so I cannot believe how strange this text file is that, yeah. that you found. Yeah. The last one I have on here. Um. Uh. Wow. What is this? Oh, uh, you know, long, long may you run. Yeah, I know. Long may you run. Now that was. Uh, was that Neil by himself, or was that a? Uh, uh, I think it might have been. It's him and Stephen Stills. Okay. Um, well, originally that was about an off day on their tour where he had been on uh, on the beach, which you might think is, uh, had something to do uh, with in, the song on the beach. Inspired the song on the beach, but no, yeah. it inspired him to write a song called uh, "Long Day of Sun." <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, you know what. It's nice. I'm happy that he took an, a second pass at a lot of these songs. Yeah. Well, and th- I mean, it, I think uh, "Long Day in Sun" or whatever, like <laughs> "Long Day uh, in Sun," 
long day of sun. Uh, I don't. I I don't know if long may you run is is an improvement. I think long day of sun is. Hey, it's something we can all relate to. I I yeah. I screwed up, Tim. Um, there there's another song that he wrote about food. It was when he. It it was actually around the same time he was eating when he, when he wrote uh, after the old mush when he was when he was working in a cafeteria and uh, uh, unfortunately the 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 lunch ladies they they had found uh, an old dented can of peas in the back. Oh and, man! And yeah, you, know, you gotta be careful. <laughs> you got a lot of songs out of this one run-in with this <laughs> lunch lady. Well, Tim is a prolific point in his in his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't Tim. He wasn't just running. Like I said, he was working there. This was before right. he was working at the ski resort. Right. Uh, th- they I found knew all this about him. They found this the various this, odd jobs he he <laughs> held. Yeah, man, that's what makes him like a real saw the earth kind of guy. Yeah, uh, they had found this big can of peas, and it was all dented. And Neil mm-hmm. warned them. He's like, "You gotta be careful for botulism." And they were like, right. "Now nah, we're gonna we're gonna serve it anyway." Well, a lot mm-hmm. of people got very sick, and it inspired his song. Keep on mopping up the pea hurl. And then the the last one in this note. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a question about this. How long okay. did it take you to unearth this text file from from uh, the the Pono? It, like, as soon uh, as I plugged it into my computer, Tim, it opened up on its own. Yeah, but like if you read between the lines, how long did it take you to <laughs> discover these songs? Uh, it, it took the better part of an afternoon, to be honest with you. <laughs> and then the the last, yeah, of course, we all know Harvest Moon. Uh, but, but, you know, unfortunately, song, yeah. unfortunately we didn't, we were not treated to the original version, which is a uh, farthest goon, but I, <laughs> I don't know what that one's about actually. Farthest goon. Yeah. Farthest goon. <laughs> I don't know what that one was about. I guess maybe. I don't know, just... <laughs> Please speculate. A lot of, maybe like, you know, a run-in with a lot of goons. And he was he was waiting till the farthest goon got there so he could, he could fucking mop the floor with them. So he could really beat the shit out of all of them at the same time. All the goons. All the goons. Waiting for that even the farthest goon. Yeah. Yeah. Those those are all the the you know just the the early versions that I saw. This is a fascinating list you brought you brought us. It really time. adds a different a different element to him that you know a lot of fans might not even know because they don't have his Pono player like I do. Right? Do you, are you thinking that this was included on every Pono player? It's like an no, Easter I egg? think. No, because like I said, Tim, it had it. He wrote his name on it. It says "Property right. of Neil Young" on it. Oh, it says "Property of Neil Young" on it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, the clues keep getting uh, really exactly. And like I said, Tim, I opened up this file and it said "File created January first, nineteen sixty." 
<laughs> he wrote all these. Wow. Yeah, it said. So he had the ideas for these songs that were released. Some of them decades later. Yeah, he was but already he working on kept, them. Yeah, and then I, I, you know, he can press as a fifteen-year-old boy. Yeah, you know, you can press like uh, uh, Apple or Command I, and and look at file information. Sure. And it will tell you like you know created in Microsoft Word or something. This said created in one of those computers that was so big it took up a room wow i mean he, he wasn't he's always been a tinkerer tom exactly he had to like uh probably every letter of uh, uh what is the uh a fart uh, fart i stole uh keep um, on searching for a fart i stole yeah yeah he had to like Put hole punches in a card and right. put that card for every letter of and, that. It probably like would blow a few vacuum tubes. Yeah, have to replace those vacuum tubes. Those things weren't cheap, let alone easy to clean up. Strange that he wouldn't just write this down in like a notebook somewhere. I uh, don't think he trusted. Neil. You know, he's he's a he's a real tech head, Tim. Yeah. I want to be clear, I, it wasn't on the Pono player the whole time. He put it on the Pono player later, presumably. Right. Um, Tom, let's uh, talk Neil Young gossip. Ooh, okay. Uh, there's a wedge driven between Neil Young and um, other, uh, other old famous <laughs> curmudgeon David Crosby. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's very funny in retrospect that like uh, it, that uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash were like, "Eh, we need another crank in here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean David Crosby's like the other like he's not the other side of the coin from Neil Young because like David Crosby like is I think on the right side of most things, but he mm-hmm. is he does have that mentality of like. Eh, there's no good music after 1975 except music that like my friends made right. that I produced and played guitar on or something. Yeah, where I think Neil Young, I mean, I don't know what his what his thoughts on music are nowadays, but I mean, I think that was like when we were growing up, that was one of the things that was cool that he was like, yeah, Pearl Jam's awesome. I'm going to make an album with them. Like I like yeah. these guys. I like the music they're making. Yeah. Um, he mostly did that, I think, to piss off Crazy Horse. Um, it sounds like he also did it to piss off his record label or piss off Pearl Jam's record label. Yeah, that's probably true, too. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he was supposed to, like, for Mirrorball, mm-hmm. the story, as I recall, as recounted in Shaky, mm-hmm. um, the biography of Neil Young, is that they were going to go into the studio mm-hmm. Um like and uh crazy horse was his backing his on and off backing band they just came yeah. out with a record tom called barn it's not bad it sounds like neil young and crazy horse it's fun is, but um, but neil young's not on it or he is no neil young's on oh, okay. it okay yeah. um crazy horse does have some solo albums though and they're good too um i guess not solo albums some non neil young albums yeah um but uh, he was like, all right, Crazy Horse, meet me at the studio. Uh, I think like they were like doing it in Georgia somewhere or something. Uh-huh. It's like uh, the week after next. And they were like, cool. He's like, I'll give you all the details in a bit, but like keep that clear. And then uh, they never heard from him. And then they saw him on uh, MTV 
playing with Pearl Jam. <laughs> uh, you know, he came out during a Pearl Jam set on the VMAs. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they just heard the next week that, oh, yeah, that album that he was going to do with you guys, he asked Pearl Jam to do it instead and uh, never told you guys that uh, your services wouldn't be needed. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing. Like, he's he's a curmudgeon, it, like you said, in good ways, but it also seems like in, like, his personal life, he's a big pain in the ass. <laughs> he just seems like he doesn't uh, understand... Uh, or, yeah, it doesn't have very good interpersonal skills. Well, uh, there's one notable exception. That's when uh, he tried to get uh, his uh, record label to sign Charles Manson. <laughs> no, he didn't. Tim, in the late 60s, at a gathering at the house of Beach Boys drummer Dennis Wilson, Neil was introduced to Charles Manson. In his autobiography, Waging Heavy Peace, he recalls Manson picking up Young's guitar and impressing the room with his off-the-cuff Dylan-esque style. After finding Manson didn't have a recording contract, Neil recommended that Reprise set him up. Uh, The Sharon Tate-Lily Bianca murders occurred shortly thereafter, making Charlie Manson's name was known the world over. Uh, Young commented on the murders with the song Revolution Blues. Do you know Revolution Blues, Tom? Uh, no. That song rules. Yeah? Um, is is it yeah. obvious it's about uh, Charlie? Um, yeah. I mean, mm. is it as obvious as a song like Keep on Searching for a Fart I Stole, what it's about? <laughs> I mean, that one's poetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that I mean, there's... Uh, uh, there's a, a case of him having good interpersonal skills with Charles Manson. I think that was overstated. And uh, have you read uh, Waging Heavy Peace? It's in his Peace? autobiography. Have you read it? No. It's weird. He'll tell a story like that, and then he'll tell a story about um, walking around uh, Costco in Hawaii with the CEO of Salesforce <laughs> um, talking about how, like, he's like, yeah, I re- what's his name, Mark Benioff? Is that yeah, that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he's a really great man. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's really good. And boy, do I love Costco. You can buy uh, as much of anything as you need there. And I mean, Costco's well, apparently a good employer, so I could see him liking yeah. that. Um uh, I I found this article that was like seventy interesting facts about Neil Young or like things you didn't mm. know, and it also mentions. Uh, although, I bet I knew them all though. Although Neil memorably memorably wails down by the river, I shot my baby. The song isn't about anyone dying. In a nineteen seventy interview, he clarified, "quote There's no real murder in it. It's about blowing your thing with a chick." Hmm. And by thing, I think he meant load. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what he meant by shooting his baby. So David Crosby was mad at Neil Young. He went uh-huh. on the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Um, because Howard's because uh, Neil Young uh, divorced his wife, who uh, has since passed, and uh, married Daryl Hannah. Yeah. That's a weird pairing, but also makes sense. Yeah. And, like, it seemed like, like, ah, uh, again, like, ah, uh, he's so much older than Daryl Hannah. But I don't think he's, like, that much older. 
He's 14 years older. Yeah, that's, 15 that's years nothing years. when you're in, in your... I mean, she's in her <laughs> 60s. He's in his 70s. Nobody's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, David Crosby is like, oh, my God. I think why? David Crosby's just jealous. The Why does he think, like, Daryl Hannah is, like... Uh, Messing with his mind or something? What What's his problem with her? I don't know. What's, what's David Crosby's is he, problem is he with worried? anybody? Is he like, uh, ever since he's got with her, he's he's too busy blowing his thing with that chick. Down by the river? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is how David Crosby kind of talks, though. <laughs> he uses like weird slang. Yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't know if people actually ever talked like that. Did you also know that uh, for a short period in 1966, Neil shared a Toronto apartment with Rick James? Yeah, they were in a band together. Says, Minor we did, birds. We did some wild things. It's all very hazy me now. I'm glad I made it through that stage. It got a little dicey. There were some drugs going on. I remember singing one song for about a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they were in a band together. They... Uh... They came up together. Yeah, he was in a lot more bands than I realized, Neil Young. Um, yeah, Buffalo Springfield, mm -hmm. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Did you realize he was in that one, Tom? I did. I thought. Uh, for... Did you realize that he was in that freaking band? Well, for a long time, I thought he was in Crosby, Stills, and Nash. <laughs> but then. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, then somebody, somebody set me straight. And he, he's written over 30 songs about... Uh, the moon about or mentioning the moon yeah he likes the moon you know what he says when people say that uh his songs sound the same what he goes yeah man it's all one song whoa see he's like a hippie in a cool way yeah like that's like a snarky answer and it's like yeah and like you know 30 percent of those songs are really good uh well when we were talking about uh uh greendale i also found this thing uh where, uh, according to Neil Young, uh, Bono tried to give him songwriting advice after listening to Greendale, and he told him mm -hmm. the songs need more hooks that went over and over again, and more people could hear them. Thanks, Bono. I mean, I and like 2003 was when U2 was all about, like, we have songs now that are just like, the same over and over, like just earworms like this song is yeah. five seconds looped over and over uh i don't like i don't like you two i've never liked you two yeah and i'm here to challenge the edge <laughs> to a fist fight um i don't know if I he'll take you up on they, he'd be worried about edge. somebody knocking his hat off yeah, exactly. Let's see what's under that beanie. Yeah. What do you think? Creep. What do you think it is? I don't know, the edge. <laughs> the edge. Oh. You think? Oh, what you a, think what an intimidating name. You think uh, maybe underneath he's got like a flat head, and that's why he's called probably. The edge. Yeah. Or maybe he just uh, just it doesn't have the top of his skull. It's an exposed brain. Oh wow. Well, that yeah. that sounds dangerous. Sam, you shouldn't fight him. No matter I, how I would, mad you are at him. Yeah, and I could never um, take up, uh, you it's, know, it's fisticuffs like against the co-writer of the... Walking around like that. Yeah, and like he, the man co-wrote Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Yeah, it's true. I have a little respect. 
If you like the show, you can find out more at tcgte.com. Hey, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guide. You can get uh, books of podcasts and all the other stuff, weekly episodes, weekly bonus episodes. There's also a tier for ad-free early episodes of this show and uh, and much more, tcgte.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Complete Guide. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal Tim. And uh, check out, this is what I'm going to do, Tim. I'm going to say check out tcgte.com. It's got links to all this stuff. Okay. I feel like we're getting too long with all the plugs. Yeah. Just sign up for the Patreon. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Don't do really, any of the other stuff. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Stuff. You'll Just see the cover up. art. Every, yeah, every well, week. some people don't see the cover art depending on their uh, yeah. uh, podcast player of choice. So, yeah, um, Tom, yeah, yeah, Neil Young, a very influential musician, had so many different phases of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, some funny stuff in the 80s when he was battling Geffen Records and was intentionally making difficult albums to piss off David Geffen and get out of his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but really just like uh, very distinct, interesting parts of his career. Um, he's a filmmaker. He made a lot, a lot of films. Uh, he's a philanthropist. Tom, he's really into trains and he bought Lionel trains. I, I have that in my um, notes and we didn't even mention that. He, he was uh, like a, an owner in Lionel trains for a while. And it's very, um, and like, uh, so much to him, and we didn't get to a lot of it, and uh, it's because <laughs> you really found that Cracker Jack um, text file. Well, yeah, Tim, that, unfortunately, um, really we, is... can't, we couldn't cover a lot of stuff other people have already covered because we had an exclusive that I was very excited about. Yeah, no, I mean, it was great. It's just, uh, you know, there was so much we could have covered, and... Uh, you know, we had this scoop. We had we <laughs> right. had an exclusive. Well, sometimes you gotta go with the scoops. You gotta go with the exclusives. Uh, I just hope this doesn't cause a rift between him and uh, uh, the surviving Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Ringo. You know, it really makes Ringo look like a fool. <laughs> he really does. But I mean, you know, and honestly, it's like, come on, man. Microwaves uh, weren't even really out yet. Sure, they had him at, at Ed Sullivan's show. Right. But, you know, how's Ringo supposed to know? You know, he was right. probably sitting there in the green room and, you know, somebody probably explained it to him. He's like, oh, that's great. I've got I've got some uh, aluminum foil I've been meaning to heat up. We're back on this. We're back on the, the text file, huh? <laughs> well, again, Tim, it's what people are tuning in to hear about, probably. They probably read about this on Rolling Stone in Rolling Stone, and they were like, wow, well, I thought I knew everything about Neil Young, but this guy's got his Pono player with a a text file from 1960. Mm. Maybe maybe I have to rethink everything I thought I knew about Neil Young. I know he wrote so many gossipy songs. (laughs) Most of them weren't gossipy. That was just the one guy. Most of them were about food and farting. Just one was about, uh, it wasn't even about farting. It was about a fart he stole. And we'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.